What do you guys think about starting each show out with complaints? <laughs> Just full on complaints, like with the thing that's bothering you the most. Like, do you think that would get I... annoying for an audience? Or is that what stand up comedy is, anyways? The Caliendo Cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmberg, Scott Long, and the rest of the Caliendo crew. It's the most important podcast in the history of Western civilization. Observations and complaints. I'm all in. Yeah, that's going to, because Toledo keeps getting on me. Scott, I'll get there in a second. Toledo keeps getting me on me. He's like, we need some benchmarks just to, to hit some spots. Um, so we're just not too loosey goosey. But, and that's a technical term. It's a real hip technical term, loosey goosey. <laughs> But I'm really, I'm really trying to up my game. I'm, I'm really trying to, to get into the 25th you're talking, century. You're talking the vernacular of a pro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah see, I've got it all figured out. We're going to hammer it out, huh? So, but I think that. Goosey around here, boys. All right. 23 schedule. Be on the numbers. But that sounds like a good opening portion of the show, don't you think? Observations and complaints. I think that's a yeah. pretty good one. I would like to start out with. Um, this observation and complaint i've been observing my social media and thus i'm going to complain uh so scott you've you've worked with me a bunch before i don't know if you've ever seen me do this john but there was this bit i would do on uh on stage where i would lay down on the ground and put my hand up and then do kermit the frog and i loved it and and i always felt that you know somebody just putting their hand up or putting a kermit puppet up was a hacky thing but so I thought, you know what? Nobody lays down and does it. That's the ballsy part of it on stage, right? So, but I needed a joke once I got down there to have a reason to get to Kermit. And the joke was um, uh, Morgan Freeman. And that's when the audience realized that Frank Caliendo had already been paid or something like, you know, like that. And that's when Frank realized he'd already been paid. So he was just going to lay down some kind of thing like that. It varied and was probably better back then when I'd rehearsed it. But... <laughs> Uh, somebody in the middle of another Instagram post tells me, it doesn't post about that Instagram post. They tell me they lost respect for me in <laughs> Minneapolis the day I laid down on stage and said that I'd already taken their money and I didn't care about them. And I was like, well, that, that's, not, that's the one serious thing you took from the show? That's the, that's the moment where you thought I was speaking to you and telling you I don't care about you. I, that, so I get into it with this guy slightly, and I, I, I couldn't take it. So I, I, I said, unfollow me, please. You don't deserve to be a part of this. And, I was, uh, and then he, started, he gave me some long thing, and I just blocked him. But that, come on. That's where you're coming after me, laying down on stage and saying, and Frank had already been Here's the paid. fun part, Frank. He was right. Comedians don't go on stage to, uh, to make friends. They go in there to have some sort of a weird hole in their life filled with laughs and self-gratification. You don't care about them, especially the ones that are going to bitch and cry the entire time. So, no, you didn't care about that guy. I don't care about anybody that wants to go to a show and walk away with something they didn't like. So, yeah, that guy can shove it up his ass the whole way, too. You don't like them that much. This is all for you and your family and a paycheck at the end of the day. If I went and watched somebody else at their work and they're like, hey, I really want to make you happy. I think they're weird. Yeah. So that seems like a complaint from like, if somebody would have saw 
you do that in 1975. Like they had never seen Andy Kaufman, never seen Jim Carrey, never seen Steve Martin even. Where, because Steve Martin was the first one who basically took the facade of phony show business. Right. Hey, Sammy Davis Jr., personal friend of mine. That whole thing. <laughs> whoa, it was whoa, like the- whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's celebrate that impression for a second. Good one, Scott. <laughs> You actually, you, you kind of sold it. You could have sold it all the way. I yeah. knew who it was. I was, the, that was the most influential person. You know how people, uh, John doesn't know this because he doesn't do social media, but people put up their top 10, like most, each day they just post an album that really influenced them. And I had posted Steve Martin's, well, you know, uh, I think it was, was it Let's Get Small? The first one, I think so. And then there was George Carlin's Class Clown. And between the two of them, they were like a gateway drug to the world. Because I grew up in a smaller town in Iowa where people like this guy that you were complaining about live, I guess. I'm not saying they are from there, but they believe that- I, I think you just did, and you're going to- Well, I, and I don't want to. because And it, I think John also there. accused me of not being able to understand the premise because I'm not on social media. So I had to like <laughs> out of entire- Having it, what what influenced you? But I don't, I can't, I don't get it. (laughs) But your comedy, it's like, how can someone miss that? It's like that woman you used to do an impression of, who complained at the Columbus Funny Bone that this guy was just talking with different voices. I don't get it. I want my money back. Oh, that was beautiful. (laughs) I forgot that you were in the lobby, right? And she said you were so great. And she came up and said, you were great and complained about me just doing silly voices and not making sense. I only understand people complaining at a comedy club when they won tickets. They don't know who the person is and still don't understand who they complain to. Your whole objective to go to a comedy club is maybe you don't like it at the end. Who does that hurt? Why do you have to go and make a thing about it? And that's when social media, you go up to Frank at the end and say, I lost respect for you. That tells me he knew who you were. He was looking forward to the night. And then when you actually said, I get paid for this, as a joke, but you do, right. he got that, that you weren't doing this when your own volition for his entertainment. And that really, that's tough for him to handle. This guy does this for money and not just for me, the audience member. Oh, I don't respect that. You You're think I just, get, I just get on a plane back in the day, <laughs> right. stay in a hotel for a few days right. to tell some uh, one-liners yeah. to get him out there? My favorite thing I ever did was years ago. No one will get this but you two. But years ago when I- Well, because we're on social media. Yeah, because you guys get social media. Everyone else is not. (laughs) If you've ever been on the social media app, uh, Dingflap, which is the one I invented just now for the three of us. That's the only way you're going to understand it. So uh, this lady was complaining, and and I was taking complaint calls my first, probably second year of radio. And I always tried to appease them. I always felt like, oh, my God, I'm ruining it for everybody who works here if I'm the jackass. And I'm like, and this lady had a complaint that was just ridiculous that she said I wasn't allowed to do female impressions because I did a Jennifer Tilly thing. And I'm like, why? And she goes, because you're not a woman. and You can't understand what we've been through. I'm like, I think you're taking this way past where it needs to be. I, I did like two minutes of this thing. And she started to go on and on. And in the middle of it, I kind of stopped listening. And I just started to sing, I don't care. Ming, ming, ming. Zoom, zoom, zoom. I went full Kevin Meany. And she's like, see, this is why no one, I'm going to talk to your managers now. And I'm like, please do. 
because I'm trying to make this as silly as I can. I just don't care about you this much and your problems and your complaints. I, I don't think people understand that. And in today's age of, of keyboard warriors, they think that everybody cares about their complaint. And when they run into a wall that doesn't, they just don't complain anymore. It's an amazing uh, uh, cannon back at them to just go, you got a problem? I'm sorry that that bothers you, but I honestly, I don't care. Yeah, Unless so it, it's something that matters. They think you're, you're, you have a, a comment section and they believe that they can get into the comment section and change things by being a part of that. And most of us, especially as I'm learning from you and Dennis Miller and others, is just say, fuck off. Fuck uh, off. It's, and you know what? That's what they're saying to you. Some yeah. guy emailed me once and he's like, all you do is complain. And I'm like, all you do is bitch through email at everyone <laughs> you've ever met. And he goes, you don't know that. And I'm like, it's 100% of my experience with you. And he's like, well, that's bullshit. And then he wrote, holy shit, but he spelled H-O-L-L-Y. And I just, uh, Holly. I, I highlighted it and I'm like, I'm dealing with a fucking Mensa member. Stop bothering me. And then he go away. And he, oh, I thought maybe he came back. Oh, no, I was never in Mensa. <laughs> How dare you? I, I forgot to tell you this little. I didn't touch any little boys. Oh, wait, that's a different one. Here's this little, um, this little piece of information I left off. So in the end of the, he, he's still giving me this long dissertation on why I'm a terrible person. And I said, one of my things was, uh, oh, by the way, Chris Farley didn't play Batman either. That was a joke <laughs> as well. And he told me Chris Farley was a gentleman. <laughs> and I, that's where I just stopped. Because Farley would have been like, you're a jackass. You're a cake face moron. It's Actually, like, Farley would have gone, you're a jackass. Yeah, I tried. I, I, you know, and I, the reason I didn't do something like that, like, you know, say something terrible in that situation. One, I love Chris Farley. Two, I didn't want my... Uh, message to get out there, screenshotted, and then everybody sees it. And I'm thinking, uh, that's the worst thing because John Farley, who I love, and Kevin Farley is a nice guy, that his brothers, just great guys. And they, you know, <laughs> John Farley once came up to me and goes, You still doing that impression of my dead brother? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, This is, that's the greatest sense of humor of all time. I mean, it was years and years later, but holy cow, I was. Oh, and he was on my show. John Farley, one of the funniest guys. He was in that Gruden commercial where he knocks on the, yeah. uh, he knocks on the bar, uh, you know, bar counter. He's like, he just looped the Corona commercial. So uh, mm. that was surreal. Did you have a, a, a comment before we, we get going here, Scott? Well, on, on this subject of being in stand-up comedy world, I think most stand-up comics will tell you the best comedy that they've ever seen in the room is when it's not just somebody standing there reciting their act for the hundredth time. And that's what's truly missing. If people think, oh, well, we don't need to go into stand-up comedy anymore. We can watch it on Netflix. We can watch it on a Zoom. Or, and those are other places, but the energy in a room that somebody who can riff off of things, you think of Bill Burr's classic rant against uh, the Eagles, the Philadelphia sports fans. In my uh, dry bar special, which is supposedly coming out this week, finally. I'm not, okay, it's taken two years. I don't, long story. The best part of it is... <laughs> is it longer than this setup? No, <laughs> it's going to stay. It's going to set up. This is explaining oh, it. Okay, gotcha. 
supposedly. Supposedly, I know. I, I think my mom says that, by the way. <laughs> I uh, watched the thing, and it's very painful to watch your special. Frank doesn't like to watch almost anything he does. He doesn't listen to anything he does either. Really. Yeah. The one thing that really stood out that was great in the special to me was I had this bit about a minivan, and I asked an audience member, a younger guy, what do you drive? And it kind of sets up the thing, which is a little you know, predictive. And he says, I drive a station wagon. Well, that <laughs> totally fucks up the joke. So then I'm like, I look at him and I'm, I tell him, you know, you just wrecked this whole bit. Are you, do you like go to people's comedy specials and wreck their bits? You know what? Let's just cut this out. We'll go to the next guy. And I'm like, what do you drive? He goes, a minivan. Now the whole point was, this was the funniest part of the whole special because none of it you would ever see in a comedy special. But in this one, it is. And it's because it's not like the rest. Now, that same guy that you were complaining about would probably say, well, that didn't seem very professional. You just kind of yelled at the audience members and told them that we should cancel the special and that you're ruining it for us. To me, that's super funny. That's way funnier because I don't see that in a Netflix special. I don't see that when I watch most specials. They're always produced to the to the edge. Yeah, I don't want to do everybody. When I first went to LA, they're like, you got to do your special in a theater. I'm like, I want a small comedy club. Like Robin yeah. Williams did that. That first little special he did where uh, Tony Danza was in the audience. Oh, this is hilarious. And, you know, <laughs> and just, uh, you know, there were a bunch of little, I don't know how famous they were at that point, but it was Robin just on the stage going crazy. And that to me was better than any huge stage stage special. Cause it doesn't, it feels stale to me. It doesn't, it feels um, too uh, prepared. I'd rather have it feel like, hey, this is just happening. And in a club, that gives you that. But they don't like the aesthetics and the ambiance of that on television. Wasn't your Comedy Central audience terrible when yeah, you did awful. your first one? Most of them are awful. Because those, those Comedy Central specials, everybody shoots them all at the same time that Comedy Central presents. So it's one audience. They don't know who anybody is. And they, you might be the fourth special. Jimmy Schubert had just, um, had just gone. And he was, he was hilarious. Brilliant. Okay. But you're going, this deserves so much more. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. And I remember just going up. It looked great in the end because they, you know, they jazz up the audience. Uh, you know, they, they laugh doctor it, but I don't know. I, um, this is where I wanted to get going. Um, two things. Uh, the Major Garrett episode is still, I still get texts from Major Garrett all the time. He's to, he told us, did I tell you this, John? Uh -huh. he, told, he told us stuff he's never told anybody. He's using wow. that. He, he remembers that. it? He remembers doing the podcast? <laughs> There's some truth to that. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, because he's listened to it. Unlike us, he listens to it. Because remember in the middle of it when Major Garrett went, you're a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. He's, he's giving it to family members, and they're going, I didn't know that stuff about you. So he was, he was jacked up about it. He was like, this is amazing. This is a big thing for him personally. And um, I texted Bill Walton right after the uh, Haven't heard back from him. Nothing. Uh, although still orbiting the earth. It'll get to you eventually. So people who haven't listened or watched the Bill Walton episode yet, um, just watch, all you need is about the first 10 minutes and then cut to the part where Dave Pash comes in. Uh, and that'll I, think, I think you have to watch the whole thing. I don't think you you're do. allowed to scrub that. I think you've got to sit through it all like we did. You have to live our nom our interview nom the same way 
uh, as a viewer, as we were, as people who were just, it's weirder and weirder. I have a guy who emails me on the station who's like, love the show, starting to love the podcast a ton. He goes, I didn't know who Bill Walton was really, knew the name, doesn't follow basketball. And he said, I tried to break down the, uh, what he was saying. I wanted to know what this was. It had to have meaning. And he sent me kind of a lexicon of words and what he thinks Bill meant, like okay. the dragon uh, or the pterodactyl were airplanes. And, yes. uh, the, and, and these things were like the war in San Diego was something having to do with every time you drive by Oceanside and the base. And he calls that the war. And he's like, I figured out a few things and it started to make sense. But I've listened to it about four times. I'm like, that's way more than I could ever sit through that because I would go insane. It was, again, uh, we've talked about it. I can't explain what happened, but I think you have to absorb it all, much like you just have to ride out an acid trip. Was you it by any chance, uh, this is the guy that sent me something on Instagram that said he understood it. It was Aquasuqua. That's no. what, okay. No. So Frank, I'm kind of scared. This is from him. I'm kind of scared. I understood Bill Walton. Every time, that we, every time that wheel comes around, bound to cover just a little more ground, is a lyric from a Grateful Dead song. Right. Bill will end any story with a dead song lyric. It's not code. It's learned language from year, years of touring, touring with the band. I'm a basketball fan and a dead fan. I said, hey, you're the Rosetta Stone for Walton. Great. Goes, <laughs> yeah, somehow saving a bottle of air from every show on a dead tour isn't completely insane. So Smokey the Bear is the sheriff. Bob is Bob Dylan. Bobby, Bob, we uh, Bob Weir. Uh, seeing Jerry, active or residual hallucination where he sees an image that reminds him of Jerry Garcia. Pterodactyl like a gardener. Pterodactyl was probably a, re a response to planes flying overhead, but that's just a guess. So we had multiple people in the audience actually translating Walton. That's kind of amazing when you think it's about really it. It's really cool, and I'm glad Aquafina's a fan of the podcast. That's neat. I didn't know yeah, we had. Yeah, bottled at a Pepsi plant. That would be. So the, uh, um, isn't, isn't John, the, what was the question that you asked, Bill? You, not a was it a statement about how basically the Grateful Dead sucks? Yeah, I told he, him I, well, I started, I've never done this before either, where I told the other people in the show, hey, guys, watch this. Bill, <laughs> I don't like the Grateful Dead. Sell me. Yes. Ranch I love that. And he, he didn't flinch. He just started no. to sell me. He acted like he could, like that second was prepared. Yeah, had we known going in what that was like, I'd have had a notepad and paper, and I'd have been trying to figure it out too. So I think the audience is as a, they're at an advantage because we kind of told them this is bananas, and then they went on. But I'm getting nothing but positives back from the people who actually sat through it. They're like, that was the most fun, asinine thing I've ever been through, and I, I don't <laughs> know if I, and they don't know if they loved it. Or if they're, they were challenged by it, or, or now they are challenged because of it. I don't know what it is, but it was something that made everybody feel something weird. And it was just, it's, it's a happening. I'm telling you, that thing was just, that, that was Tom Cruise on the couch with Oprah for us. Oh, yeah. small I have one friend who texts me about it as he gets through it on different days. So he's not following completely uh, your lead there and saying you have to watch or listen to the whole thing at once. But he has this mission to get through it it's like he's like i'm yeah. going to finish this he just can't do it all at once he started other of our podcasts since then uh to to give himself a break from the waltonisms yeah. 
it's trying to find normal where it isn't. And you're just hoping that in one little moment, you'll be like, oh, there's the, that's what this is all about. It's the meaning of life. It just ends. We move on. It's very strange. <laughs> it's the Holy Grail. It is. It's just so odd. It's, and, I, and I kind of want to go back and listen to it, but I think, I, well, I hate watching myself, so I won't do it, but it's weird. You're never, you never talk in it, so you can just uh, focus on Bill. You know, it's the one you never, all of us could actually listen to it and not be annoyed by ourselves. That's right. one plus. That's well, as we, well, we tried to talk. Stuff happened. I mean, it was just, yeah, yeah, that's true. He has we were at our best. What Scott's saying is we were at our best. <laughs> because it's finally a time we didn't piss anybody off. I think there's a positive in that the time we did it, no one that listens to it is pretty much commuting to work. So there's a danger in your car to listen to that. I believe there could be accidents or people <laughs> could lose their minds. Well, that would Whereas just be things home, that you're looking at that are actually yeah. – Oh, that could true. be worse than what you're listening to. Like, yes. it's like, it's like hanging out with an ugly person. So you look better. That's what that is at that point. <laughs> People do that. Oh, oh yeah. damn it. Then I'm the other. Oh yeah. You're, you're the other. You, have you seen your wife? Holy. If you, don't, if you don't know, you're the ugly one. Shit. So where are you guys? Uh, well, I, John, you're in the same position as me, but Scott, where are you in terms of opening up in wealthy? Uh, no, the, the the economy, the oh. the Indiana, Indianapolis. Yeah, because I, I have no idea what's going. I really, part of me doesn't care, but part of me, and not about you, but I mean, what everybody else is doing. It's. <laughs> oh yeah, I think you were right the first time, but no, no I, I just try to, I try to filter it. <laughs> I would tell you that we're. It's not like. No, what the are the rules? States. What are the what is the law right now? What is. What is being told to you? Do you have specifics? Yeah, there are specifics. And uh, actually, I get a call from some political survey, and they, I guess, were trying to learn information about the governor and how I felt about him. And he's a Republican. And I was like, I loved everything he's done. I feel like he's been exactly the way you should do it. And then they were asking me about Trump. And I was finding myself answering almost the opposite way, even though they're part of the same party. It's this weird world where I'm like, ah, well, you know, if Republican governors, I feel like they're doing a good job with it. They're pushing forward enough, but maybe against, they were a Scott, mask. Is that, is that the ugly friend? Put him next to the <laughs> ugly friend? I mean, did you just draw a parallel? Did you draw yeah, a fantastic, incredible, that's why I spend time with Melania. Because yeah. she's an ugly, she's very Let's be honest, also, if I was in Indianapolis, Scott would be my best friend. Yeah. Did you see, did you see where Nancy Pelosi called Trump morbidly obese? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, that's funny because I'm a comedian. It's funny. And I'm thinking, could you imagine if when Trump calls some woman morbidly obese? You don't have to imagine. I did it with Rosie O'Donnell 6,400 times. Hold on. Let's get back. What, what are the, what are the, what are the laws? Here? I want to know what are the uh, laws. Okay. You know, wear a mask out, outside. Anytime you go outside is? No. If you were like at a park, I think they feel like, go ahead. Don't worry about it. It's pretty similar to Arizona, I think, in the rules. I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking now because I want to get. Indianapolis. Is the one major city 
in Indiana, and they've been about a week or two behind the rest of the state. So that's another thing that's going on, whereas it's, we were talking about the whole world determining things or the whole country. To, there are different places in the actual state that are different rules than others. There's a meatpacking plant in one county. Well, they're like two weeks behind everybody else because they had some outbreaks. So ultimately- so What can you do right now? That's what I'm really- uh, I, can you- do, I can do most anything now except do stand-up comedy anywhere. I mean, I don't even believe I'm allowed to do it in my basement. I mean, I, I feel like we're like uh, considered the most evil and the opportunity to get people sick is through stand-up comedy. Uh, so you can do most everything, even including going and using pools. Uh, when you get out of the pool, you're supposed to put on a mask, which are going to create really strange tan lines, I believe. But uh, I don't think it's that different than most of the flyover country. Are you experiencing any? John, are you going out more right now? Um, I went to dinner Friday. I'll, I keep it real safe for myself. But I've, I've entered a new realm of not caring anymore because no one else does. So it's, it's basically it's all man for himself at this point. I don't want to blame. I said it with the Callan episode. People are, did you see the, the beaches and the Lake of the Ozarks Lake of and the Ozarks. parties? And it is absolutely insane. And these are the same people that are going to turn around and say, my government didn't do anything to help me, but nobody's responsible. So it's on me. I've basically taken it all on my own shoulders to say, uh, judge the situation for yourself and, and uh, go or don't go based on that. I was at a, a kind of a, a business uh, drinks and dinner thing Thursday night. And it was spaced out well. And the owners are sitting there and there's a table next to us that wasn't supposed to be sat. It's had the little thing on it says not for, you know, uh, reservations, not for seating. And they're spaced out. Well, the party of 11 came in and the owner's like, I'm not turning this down. So all of a sudden he just takes that off of that table and pushes two together with one that was a good table and says, now we've got one good table next to us. Next thing you know, the whole thing's full. And I can't blame the owners. I, there's no law that says you can't do that. It's just suggested. There's no punishment. There's really nothing. So if I'd just been told for two months to do, do my due diligence as a business owner and I did it, and then I'm saying we have to socially distance or we can only take 25% capacity and nobody's complying, why am I? If I, I mean, he's got he's to live for himself and make his own or his or her business tick. So I'm kind of seeing it that way. If, if we're all responsible, it matters, but we aren't. And, and it's being, I mean, a giant spotlight is on how irresponsible we are. What's funny is nothing's different medically at all. And we act like it's over. I mean, essentially, we're in the same boat two months ago. It's flattened a little and we've got a little more preparation, but they gave us the information and said, go nuts with it. Hopefully they'll be good and understand why we just did this. And we're, we're as a society, we're just not. We're a complete. Uh, and it's, it's it, like you said, that Lake of the Ozarks thing where people oh. are just crowded like it's. Uh, it's a know, Vegas pool party. Yeah, I, that's. I was what? thinking like uh, I was thinking Noah's Ark in the Wisconsin Dells, where yeah. I was. <laughs> that was my that was my much, love, my reference. Much point. hipper stuff. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Once again, whippersnapper. I don't have these uh, newfangled situations such as you, John, and your pool parties out there at Lost Wages. I sound like Brady <laughs> or Costa. Hey, I'm gonna throw at it. I just visualized the three Farley brothers drinking beers in the Noah's Ark yeah, right <laughs> north of Madison because that's where they grew up, right? The Farleys? Yeah, right around there. 
Yeah. It's, oh it's my so gosh. pathetic. When I go by the Noah's Ark signs, I always take a picture. Not always, but I've done this before and I'm pathetic for doing it. It's me being a blue check mark whore because I haven't been my phone, but I send a picture of Tommy Bartlett's robot world which as a kid is the most amazing thing in the world. You yeah. go back and watch it. You're like, this is claymation. And um, it's Chuck E. Cheese uh, animated robots that we thought were the future. And I send the text to J.J. Uh, Watt. And I'm like, going through. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to think he's just, think, did I tell you recently J.J. Watt just texted me out of the blue, checked in, see how I was doing? Like, that was the, like, I was like, wow. that is awesome. And I, I well, TJ Watt just texted me and asked me to stop texting. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was, I was, uh, I, I felt really cool. And that's the only reason I mentioned it right here. Uh, <laughs> just, just a blue check mark myself. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But we, we got into a talk and I'm trying to talk him into Pittsburgh just for you. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. They're like, oh, I haven't been this happy since the Patrick Fabian episode. Oh. Yeah. The all the Watt brothers in Pittsburgh. That's John. When wait. you go out, do you mask up? To or do the, you put a terrible the, towel in front of your face? I, I I try. Well, I would. I have um I have masks. If it's required, I'll wear it. If it's not, or if it feels like I'm being disrespectful, um, I will. I, I'm just trying to be respectful to other people and read the room. Yeah. Or anything else? That's kind of how I, I just again. It's just yeah. I've, reading I've, the room seems to be it. I. I, I yeah. I don't go out much, and I, I don't know if this happens to you, either of you guys. Um, but Michelle went to the grocery store the other day, and they're, they're like, oh, your husband was in here the other day. It was great to see him. I hadn't been in there, not in like in weeks. But that's why I don't go anywhere, because people say that I've been there, and then they tell everybody that I've been somewhere. And I'm like, yeah. Michelle, this is why I don't go anywhere, because people point it out, and I've been telling people, be careful all this time. And so I, I just... I also, like I said a couple episodes ago, I'm just really happy being home a lot. I, I told you my mask shaming story, didn't I, on the air or no? Uh, no. I think so. I, okay, so the first day it was required in our office building, I had a white medical mask. Now, the only time we need to do it is if we leave the studio or our workstation and go through the building where there are other people. So I, had to, I wanted to go get a soda out of the kitchen, so I put it on, white, plain medical mask. And I go in there, and there's a girl in there who's like 24, she works at a station in the building and I uh, walk by and I'm like, look at us both being super safe. Cause she had a, a mask on. And then she goes, yeah, but your mask is lame. I'm 27 seconds into wearing a mask in my life. And I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah, you need to be dazzled or something. It just looks stupid. And I'm like, well, because it represents a giant plague that is now part of my life. And I don't really want it to be a fashion accessory. I'd rather have it represent what it is, which is a fucking nightmare. And right. then she, well, you should do something because it just looks stupid. And I'm like, this helps people be responsible. You idiots running around telling everybody. And then so her excuse was, she goes, I think if you tell people to make it a fashion thing, more people will wear it. And I'm like, if that's your end goal, you eliminate the people like me who you tell look stupid. I'm like, if I wandered into the kitchen and went, you look horrible in those jeans. We'd have an HR issue. But she's, you know, she's like, God, I just think that's so dumb that you would just wear a plain medical mask. I'm like, I just want it to represent what it represents. The worst time in my life as far as society goes. Yeah, maybe put a dead rat on there or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> maybe that's, what maybe what, what does this? You have a black plague. Uh, yeah. 
Just dead grandma. A dead grandma. Dead grandma. Dead or grandma. 1918. Just write that across. <laughs> you know, like you're bringing it back. It's like an old, you bought a retro. A retro mask. I love yeah, it, Scott. 1918. You don't see that a lot. It's what does this woman do? Uh, she's a she's a mid bubonic. Hold on, that was too good to not save her for a second. Yeah. Bubonic. That was a I'm a little bubonic. Yes. Yeah. No, I I don't I don't know what the fashion trend was, but it was immediate. And I understand entrepreneurialism, but man, it was immediate. She does a midday show for an alternative station down the hall. Um, she's relatively new. She's she's nice. She didn't intend to be weird. Okay, but, but it's like, what are you doing? Was she trying to be kind of funny? No. No, it didn't sound well, like in a, way, in a way, yes. But also, like, her first reaction came out. It was authentic. And she was trying to kind of be, uh, you know, maybe crafty. a little bit crafty, crafty, easy, clever, something. But it just I just looked, and I'm like, I've had a mask on. In my life, I have worn a mask for 27 seconds to that point. And already I'm being told it's stupid. <laughs> Did you do this? Did you go, hey, one of my uh, commercials for my station just paid for your station? <laughs> well, no. I often... <laughs> I often go back on the air and talk about the station that's about to go away and how all these people should never be cocky in any situation whatsoever. And we, we had her on and she started to like go, I'm glad you wear a mask. You're ugly. And I'm like, oh, you confuse energy for personality. Oh, no. But you go, and the audience just hated her. And I was like, I don't want to do this to her. That's not why I'm doing this. So I just kind of stayed quiet. But it was, uh, it was just silly. It, it, it's, it's such an odd thing, the mask, because some people think it's some infringement on their the, you know, on the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and all that. It's just, it's, it's, are you decent or not? If a room full of people want you to wear the mask, put the mask on. If, if it's clear, don't, don't sneeze on each other. Just, it's so basic. And we seem to want to make a fight out of it the whole way. And who cares if it's well, that's got- that, That's that whole, you know, two parties thing and people fighting yeah. against each other because nobody's, I've heard this argument a few times. It was something I'd thought of early on too, but, but uh, I've seen it quite a bit. That nobody complains about shoes and shirt going into the Seven Eleven or whatever. You right. Just, you put them on. There's. It's just. It's common courtesy. Right. And it's just a a piece of what we accept. Right now, we can accept this. Now, if it becomes a time where we get to a vaccine and they're still telling you got to mask up, then it's that's a weird right situation. And then it turns into what to me would be just be a business forcing the issue because if they're not necessary, but they become part of our clothing where it's a requirement. That's just a new thing to buy. I tell people all the time, just imagine for the time being that some people don't see your nose and mouth, they see your genitals. So for those people, just cover it up and treat it like your dick's out. And if they're looking at you like, oh, and they're nervous, just cover it up. It's really no big deal. But you don't have to all the time, and it certainly isn't a law, but people lose their minds right now. Oh, people showing up with AK for, uh, AR-15s to rallies about reopening the the, uh, the stores and not wearing masks and I'm an American and you can't tell me like, Jesus, pick a topic and stick with it. You're bringing a gun to this party. You got to be crazy. Again, people would do the thing where they combine issues and yeah. they make an argument with a totally different issue as opposed to just living through it and, and seeing right. these are two separate arguments. Don't mesh them because then it gets muddy and none of it makes sense. I have uh, neighbors that are going to fly this week. They basically are going in hazmat suits. Like they, no have, they have full-on get-ups. And I said, I want, I want um, pictures and text on your trip because I want to know how you go through TSA. I yeah. want to know if they make you take the mask off. If I can't believe you're going to have to go into the 
sensor to you know the the um the, the, the one with, the one that does the air or whatever on you and you can't unmask because then if you take if they make you take if you have a black mask on with and it's not glittered up like uh like you're supposed to do john right so i understand if you if you have an unglam a non-glam mask and you go in that little area where everybody's just breathed without a mask well you're defeating the purpose of all of it so i, I if we're leaving, that's what I actually had somebody from TSA listen to a podcast one time and say, Hey, be careful when you're talking about us, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was joking. He was joking. He's like, yeah, he was like, some of these guys are nuts. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Pull your pants down. So well, there's, <laughs> there's situations that are going on where, okay, we need to wash our hands and be thorough. Wait, 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 but I want to finish this first. So oh, sorry. They're, they're going through, they're going through they're going to go through tsa i want to know all the different steps i want to know what happens on that plane i want to know what uh you, you know what the flight attendants all that's interesting to me because at, at a certain point i may try to get on a plane but i want to know all these steps along the way because it seems like everything that you have to do is against what tsa has been telling us we've had to do right. for the besides the ar-15s but everything <laughs> we've had to do for the last 20 years or whatever it is right so i i don't i want to see the pictures i want to know because i if my life is put in the hands of a tsa agent in two ways that scares me even more um so we'll see i mean i i'm i'm thoroughly interested to find out what that whole situation is like they're they've got lysol set for when they they're putting i thought you i didn't know you could bring lysol on in your luggage they said it's not a carry-on but they could put it in their luggage we always carry uh the the clorox wipes i've done that my wife and i were on such a filthy flight back from tampa once that we're like never ever will we sit in these well i was on a flight from miami to phoenix that had blood all over the wall when i sat down so i i clorox wipe i bring clorox wipes every time i fly just because i know that those seats aren't spotless and i don't know what's been there in the past plus i always assume it's some booger-handed kid and I just don't want to touch his boogers. It's not because of germs. It's just gross. So I'll, I've been wiping everything down for quite a few years. It's really, I mean, that's, again, it's just take care of you. If everyone kind of does that, takes care of themselves in that way. Yeah, but that's the, there's two different types of thinking. There's the thinking of if we all take care of each other, we don't have to worry about ourselves. And right. there's the thinking of if I tear, take care of myself, nobody has to worry about me. The problem is that we're all hypocrites and it merges in the middle somewhere. So you, sure. have, to, you have to be ready for some of that. Now, Scott, what were we talking about with washing hands? Yeah, there's the idea that if you're in a public place and you wash your hands and then they don't have paper towels, I can't imagine something that could blow COVID all over the place more than those dryers, <laughs> which are a nightmare. You would be better off either not washing your hands or if you're going to wash your hands, dry them on your pants. For God's sakes, don't ever turn on one of those blowers while I'm in the bathroom with you. Oh, I, I realize got a prank ready. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would look like one of those money machines from an old 70s game show. Oh, yeah. True. COVID little red balls flying in the air. Well, and I was thinking about it just today that I have never cleaned my hands more and at the same time, I have taken less showers than ever in my life because I'm, I'm just at home. I'm just, why? Wait, wait, okay. So what's I'm going less nowhere. showers? What's less showers? You don't, like, if I don't take a I'm shower, I don't feel like I'm waking day. up. 
I don't shower when I wake up now. No. I might go even three days sometimes. Three. What am I doing? You're taking shit. Work. Wash your ass. Well, yeah, I'm not Red saying fox. that. Wash your ass. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to give you out too much, but I'm not as regular maybe as you, John. I'm and a, it I'm might every, be every three days. So I'm the same. But after every okay. time I go to the bathroom, I get in the shower right after. Yeah, that's different. That's different. But I'm yeah. saying. If <laughs> wait, I, wait, wait, wait. What? After you go to the bathroom, you take a shower? Every time? It's spruce and deuce. It's the deuce and spruce, actually. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, I'm going to go that way than the way you said it first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to clean up and then take a shit. <laughs> oh, that's the worst that's feeling, though. That is the worst. That is, that is yeah. the worst feeling, I, I, I scrub it up after each one. I, I take okay. at least one shower a day, even if I'm just doing nothing all day long. I can't not. I can't. I feel sticky. I, yeah. If I don't take a shower, I just I feel like my I'm hair, not. Maybe I'm I'm because I got more hair than you guys at this point still. Hey. That might be. Hey. Ah, hey. True. Hey, I'm talking about back. back hair, guys. Hey. Back yeah, hair. I got about uh, 23 square feet more skin than you, Tiny. No, I think I, I think no, I think surface area we're probably pretty close, even though I'm at a five six. There's, I don't know. We both have huge heads. There's truth to that. All right, maybe I was exaggerating. Yeah, we probably go myself. Talking about John, what, powerful shoulders, you, John. When you were talking about you know this person at the radio station, but it made me think of a larger. Frank and I just do comedy. If we think of something funny, we put it in our act, and no one goes, "Hey, that's about me." You're on the radio for five hours a day or four hours, depending on what time of the coronavirus we're in. Right. You've, you've got to speak the truth of your life all the time. How often have you lost friendships or how, do you, how often do you have to, like you get Relatives. people saying, why are you <laughs> sharing this? Yeah, I want to know about that. Um, not too often because I always go from the uh, – it's – uh, not from a place of maliciousness. Usually if I'm making funny or doing whatever, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a well-known jab. Um, my brother-in-law doesn't talk to me because of it. And How that was, uh, cause we were, I was goofing around with him uh, about a year and a half ago. We were out at his house in New Mexico and talking and he was going through some stuff, trying to date again after a divorce. And I, and I just was teasing how he has no game. He's a math teacher. So he's very, linear he's a black and white guy and i would make jokes and he'd just look and i'm like i can't explain these anymore i feel like i'm i'm talking to somebody who doesn't speak a language so i kind of made this little goofy character almost like he was napoleon dynamite and we're joking around and he and a friend of him sent it to a friend of his sent it to him and he's like i've never been so hurt in my life and i just i text him back i said i thought you'd understand it i apologize he didn't let he he deleted my apology and and i'm like i i did what i'm supposed to do uh, if I made somebody feel bad and, and honestly had a reaction to it, I'll apologize to you. You know, it was in that apology, John. What's Chris that? Farley was a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> well, my apology did also include you're a jackass. So, But no, I was super nice about it. And if you don't want to accept my apology, no problem. Uh, I can dismiss you with the best of them. So I, uh, mm, oh, well. See, but I learned, the, I the learned years part. ago, uh, probably about halfway into our friendship, I, there are certain things I don't tell you because you'll bring them up on the air. Now, if I were to tell you, hey, I don't want to talk about this, you won't talk about it. But right. anything I put out there, I know because I know you and you're coming from being authentic that it's game. It's got a, it's got a good chance. And you'll do it just to watch me quiver a little bit and worry My about. Oh, I, know. But I, think, I think there's half of, half of 
your reluctance to tell me these things is to see if I will. Like there's certain times where like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Like, you know, here we go. But if uh, you did, yeah, I mean, if I do it, if, listen, if I blow it in the middle of something and I yeah. know I'm, re- I'm, I'm, I, I'm ready to take, especially on your show, I'm ready to take it. I'll just take yes. the blows because I'll be like, uh, I just set up like my, this is like my dad at the dinner table thinking he's telling a joke <laughs> and now he's the butt of everything and he's going to throw, send us all to our rooms. But yeah, uh, it, yeah it basically you tell me, I don't want this out. It goes in the right. vault. And there's plenty of stuff that's not talked about. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but I, I, I realized I early on, I realized early on, if I was just telling, if we were just talking in, uh, not confidence, but if we're just going back and forth, that there's a chance it was going to come back up uh, unless I said something about it. And it's not, I don't think that's a name. That's just what you do. That's your, that's your life. It's, uh, it, I wasn't even, I wasn't offended by it. I just, the first couple of times you hit me with stuff that you remembered that I couldn't believe you remembered. I'm like, oh crap, I got to. I got to know that he's going to, you know, he's You're got talking his- about the time when we were in the car together and you did uh, Rodney Dangerfield as a pedophile. And I nearly drove off the road because it was weird. It was late at night and it was just totally out of character for you to go down <laughs> the road for going down. And I was dying. <laughs> I, I remember where it happened. It was by the airport and I was taking, I was dying. I couldn't stop laughing at how <laughs> I kind of remember it now. I think I yeah. blocked it out. I did a yeah. It was the darkest you've ever been with me to that at that point i always yeah. you know you're always frank but this right. was the darkest strangest thing this ever we're frank. going back and forth with the darkest rodney and then i just couldn't do it it was yours <laughs> and i so loved it and i brought it up on the air and i remember your face going why are you doing this yeah 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 because it was the hilarious. hardest i've the hardest i've ever laughed in my whole entire life was in cape cod touring with frank and he was in the back seat telling Morgan Freeman and his 16 year old cousin that yeah, he was we've talked dating. about this. We've brought this up before. The same thing. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was all, it was all wrong. I'm not doing it right now. We've actually talked about it on the podcast. Tell it again because it looks like he's uncomfortable. Even the dog behind him just closed its eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same kind of thing. And I mean, I am laughing just hysterically. I mean, I, I'm crying. I'm having a hard time breathing. Uh, but, you know, and then I remember right after I told Frank, I'm like, you, sir, have no class. <laughs> and I dropped you off. You're going to get on social media, and I'm going to blast you. <laughs> I lost a lot of respect for you on that car ride. That was hilarious. So, I, yeah, I do that all the time with that. But, you know, if somebody's talking to me, I kind of sponge all the conversations and try to glean something off of every one of them where it's like, yeah, it doesn't seem like that's too bad. And, you know, if it's personal, I stay away from it, but. Yeah, for the most part, nobody's ever abandoned me. I mean, you guys probably have jokes and stuff in your acts where you're like, oh, that came from the time. You probably have somebody bother you and say, I wish you wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's only celebrities that, you know, that, that I've stayed away from my family stuff, but I, I kind of want to put them in now because you can't get cheese in Chicago <laughs> without going through me. My, my, love my uncle, Uncle Phil, who's passed away, we'll get into that at some point. Oh, Uncle Phil needs to be a full hour. Yeah, it might be a one-man show. A full hour. Uh, There's all the uh, clubs here in uh, Phoenix are going to open up too in the next two weeks. Oh, really? Yes, and I just got some information about that um, because I asked how they were doing it. So there are five to six hundred seat rooms. 
they're going to do uh, like 250 in the room. Mm -hmm. It must be that percentage that you can, um, percentage of the uh, fire code. Right. Um, but it's, uh, what do they do? Two, two, six feet apart, tables, that's going to be weird. 200 to 250 people in the 600, you know, five to 600 person room. Uh, you can't mix tables. So whoever sits at a table, that's uh, just the group that came together. Staff and masks, masks for customers. If the available for customers, Purell stations at the entrance. This is so weird. It's like performing in a bubble. Disposable menus, adjusted show times to, for more time to clean. Uh, that was the weird thing. I was at a restaurant and they said, would you like a disposable mem uh, menu or a QR code? And you can look at our menu on your phone. And I'm like, wow, that's a thing. Like people are that concerned that they can't wash their hands or keep it off of them. I mean, you shouldn't be at a restaurant if you're worried that the menus can kill you. You should you know probably, probably as dirty as that menu, your phone. <laughs> oh, 10 times worse. Cause when I, when I, yes. When after I, seeing what's on it. Oh yeah. I mean, that, you know, there you go. Boom. The stuff that's on it is usually being used right before the spruce part of the deuce and spruce. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> it's in a, it's my phone's in a real rugged war zone, man. The things it goes through. <laughs> Ooh. The things, a the rugged things. war zone. <laughs> it's not pretty. I would not be on the other. I would not. Man, there's a depressing moment when that phone gets picked off a shelf and enters my life. The things, some, the things some spy in China is seeing. <laughs> I'm safe. Are amazing. They're afraid of me. They're afraid. <laughs> it's awful. So, so I'm looking forward to that to see how that because I'd, I'd go yeah. out and, and do some time. I, I, Brad Williams, I think, is coming to town. Yeah. Uh, this might be a potential guest list for us that I'm going through at this point. Well, here's the fun part of that is that with Brad coming in, he's supposed to come to the station to promote. And our station's not so sure we're going to take guests. I was so asking, did I ask you in Toledo about that? That's an interesting, because especially if somebody flies and then comes yeah. into the station, that's a, that's a weird situation. My rule basically was after we sat down and talked, I'm like, if there's one person in this building that's uncomfortable with it, we won't do it. And that's a set. I just don't want other people to feel the pressure. Yeah. Like if, I want somebody to be able to voice a concern and say, I'm just not comfortable with this and think it's silly, think it's not silly, whatever. That's enough for me to pull the plug on on guests until people are ready. I just got a text from an afternoon DJ uh, just mentioning that they're a little uncomfortable about Brad Williams being there, but maybe that has nothing to do with it. I, maybe yeah, that's it was, something that Brad that has done. 2018, Scott. That was something somebody else sent you. Well, that, actually, uh, that actually is interesting to me when I think about it, because some people do have reputations, and some people are known as people that – get around a little bit to use yeah. some of my cool vernacular. You think um, if I want Felipe, es, es, uh, what's his name? Esparza? Esparza. Sorry, I was going to say Espinosa because I had a kid in high school named Felipe Espinosa. But if Felipe Esparza comes in, I'm, I want him there. He comes in drunk and filthy every time he's on the show. Yeah, how can he's you carried. trust somebody who's uh, in that situation? But it, So if somebody, come, if somebody doesn't want, let's say you're going to have that guest. Uh, the first guest, and they go, no. The next week, are you asking again to see if everybody's comfortable, or is it just we're just not having this until? We'll probably put out. I would, I would suggest to, like, if, if that's the way it comes back, we're gonna, we're gonna probably address it more this week. But um, put out just an anonymous email, so you don't have to. It's just back to the boss. He's the only one that would know. 
And then he'll say, yeah, we've got a couple people that aren't happy with it. And just occasionally send it out again to say, hey, you guys okay with this? Is there, I, I have no issue with that. A lot of them aren't there when, they, when the guests come in. Right. But a lot of times comedians show up with like nine of their friends. Right. And they just well, that's an easy hang around. You, you can come can't do that. and no, you, no yeah. entourages. But they don't pay attention to that anyway. When you're well, like, they, if they can't get in the building, that, right. I think that's a fair, I think that's a completely fair situation. And the club has to know that going in, then there's responsibility on that end too. Right. Right. And it's weird, but you know, I just, I just don't want, like I've got, like I've said in the past, I've got people who I work with whose parents live at their house. And you just don't want to be the guy that, that gets weird about it and lets that trickle into their world. And then all of a sudden dominoes start falling just because you needed to talk to Brad Williams in person. Brad will be back next year. This year's a wash anyway. Right. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can try to get people back to the clubs and stuff, but everybody's tiptoeing. So we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Everybody keeps saying, I want to get back to normal. I'm like, no, it's a new world. We're going forward to what's next. I don't really think there is a back to normal because that eliminates what just happened and you can't ignore it. We have to move forward to something new. And I really don't think, I think baby stepping our way through rather than just trying to do what we used to do, that we can't. So I, I'm kind of, I'm resigned to the idea that whatever comes up next comes up next and I'll adjust to that. I'm not going to try to plug in 2019 to 2020. I worked with Brad about seven years ago and I, I didn't knew nothing about him. It was right before you know he kind of- be shorter than you? Well, I, I knew nothing. <laughs> You knew not, you didn't even know that? You didn't no, know that. I didn't. No, I didn't know any of it. That that was a little one of those where you're like, just, oh, hey, oh, hey, what, 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 were you like, this guy's gonna be related to Robin? Yeah. So <laughs> he just absolutely murdered on stage. I mean, just like killed. And then after the show, hot woman after hot woman was so into him to yeah. the point where I remember send remember sending a message to Frank saying if you were only a foot shorter, you would do so well with women. <laughs> yeah. But it was crazy. He had two, like two girls that looked like sisters were bothering him so much after the show about wanting to come back to his hotel room. I've never heard this in my whole career with anyone. And he's like, ah, it feels a little weird. And I'm like, I did oh. a show. I did a show at the Fort Lauderdale Funny Bone. And the late show was, I did, I think, two shows. And then Carlos Mencia did a late, late show, the third show of the night. And Brad Williams was opening for him. And I came into the green room and there, I don't, I'm not even sure who was standing and who was where. And I was just like, what's, 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 uh, you know, I'm going to go. He's like, hey, cool, man. I was just like, it's not even, you're not even crazy here yet. You're not even working yet. What's, and you're working. I watched Frank and Ralphie May. Uh, turned Brad Williams, he, he actually shrunk Brad Williams physically. And I don't know how you do that, but you did it. Because we were backstage at that comedy show that my station puts on. And uh, for some reason, you two were in Kahoo and Ralphie with Brad. And you had said something because Frank came by for like a, a two minute little pop in hello. And uh, Frank, you hit it just so deadpan because you were like, yeah, well, I'm, I, would, I, I wouldn't do this normally, but the 15 grand just to show up. And Ralphie followed right suit and he goes, yeah, because that's I got half of what I get to, and that's double what they're giving you. Brad maybe made four grand that night, maybe for a full 45 minutes. I don't remember what we paid him, but it wasn't a huge amount. He did a really like a favor. And you two sunk him with your $45,000 complaints because <laughs> he took a deal. 
And he's like, yeah, no, and Ralphie just kill it. And then that same night, Ralphie goes, I give you a thousand dollars. You go out on stage where you take him when Brad's done and lift him up. And I'm like, he hates that. And he goes, I know, I'll give you a thousand dollars. It's like lifting a battleship. And I'm like, I, I, I bet you can't get him off the ground. And I'm like, I can do it. I don't know that he's going to be happy with it. He goes, thousand bucks, only dealers. You can never tell him you got paid to do it or I'll take it away. <laughs> so I go out and Brad Williams like, hey, that's my whatever. I go out to, to grab the mic and I go and lift him up. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I picked him up and I put him back. <laughs> and he left. And he just thought I was one of those typical jackasses that lifts a little person. Uh, after Ralphie died, I told, I immediately, that was the first thing I wanted to do after Ralphie died was tell Brad that I got a thousand bucks for it, which is he perfect. Thinks, he thinks he's going to get like, I'm sorry for your loss of your friend, <laughs> but he's getting, Hey, that time I lifted you up, it right. was for a grand from Ralphie. Right. What's worse is imagine leaving the stage and the host comes out and apologizes to you. You must, you, you might've <laughs> thought you did well, but evidently, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for everything that just happened. Just as I just see you try to hoist him up. <laughs> and and I didn't get him up very high. He is dense. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had to apologize. It was like a year later. I'm like, Brad, I've got to tell you. <laughs> and, and the worst part is we all went out to eat after that show. And Ralphie hit me with most of the bill. And he was, he's like, bring your friends. Everybody will come. At the end of the night, the bill was like 970 bucks or something like that. And he goes, and you're paying for it. I'm like, oh, I see what happened here. I got killed. Ralphie gave me the thousand and I never got to enjoy it. But the embarrassment of lifting Brad, maybe I shouldn't have him in on the show because I don't want to bring him in. I, too tempting. No, I want to, I want to, I want to reenact it. I want to, oh, yes. I want it to happen again. Maybe I try, maybe I get to try. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you do it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What are you doing? No, maybe maybe he lifts me. Maybe I'll, Brad yeah. lifts me. That's the fun. I think that's fun. John, if you do that, it's going to get as it's almost as controversial for social distancing as that uh, Ozark pool. You'll be on all over. Little person, radio DJ lifts up little person. And right. not uh, if you say the right term. Yeah. What's the I'm right term? What you say? What you said? Little person. Oh, okay. PC culture is just words. It's not about what you do. Yeah. What, what, the headline would read, Holmberg gives M-word COVID virus. That would be the thing. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's the PC nature of it. And Scott, you're doing some performance this week? That's <laughs> I am. I'm just segueing. <laughs> oh, it's a good one, though. You're gonna, this is, this is going to be hilarious to you, John. I just like so, the way that Frank used his Johnny Carson skills there to really. Yeah, he's good. I guess I you're doing don't. a performance against you're doing, people you're doing a uh well, i'd had a full conversation of segues in my head and i just show uh you're uh you're gonna it's be like, performing online with uh matt dillon and uh <laughs> lewis black and that scott that sounds like a setup but it's actually <laughs> the truth it is the truth yeah so t tomorrow night they're doing an event for graduates because graduates it sucks for graduates you know high school college so they get, they're getting together about eight different people to give like a five or 10 minute piece. I'm getting five uh, <laughs> on uh, what would be my advice to graduates. And Matt Dillon, actor Matt Dillon from many, many movies, Flamingo Kid, uh, is, is one of them, which is so great to me because my wife used to have 
his poster in her room when she was <laughs> when she was like 17 that would have been her dream and i am on the same bill as her dream and then lewis black is on and he'll he'll ran away for 10 minutes on what lewis black does there's other people there's a guy from npr and things like that oh there's so other, tomorrow night, there other people too Boy, yeah, the, uh, I like that it's Matt Dillon and the Shaw Scott Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that the class of 2020 is so fragile. Man, oh man, could they be getting more attention for not being able to graduate? You got three extra months off. You've been doing school an hour a day. And now all of a sudden, my grandpa had to quit school in sixth grade because he had polio and they needed help on the farm. He didn't get a trip to Cabo. His tw- it's not going to ruin them. They'll be fine. They get a better story by not graduating. Wait, I think I, neighbor, I have a good story. We had a neighbor who was upset about senior skip day. I'm like, you had senior skip months. Yeah. Like you didn't have to go to school for like these little things are nothing compared to what you, the time you got off and the way it worked here in, uh, in Phoenix, or at least in this, uh, the, the Tempe union, I guess your grade could not go down. It could only go right from what you had. No pressure. So, yeah, it's it's just it's it's an experiment in education. So everything can go up. You can take your chances. People weren't doing things, but those are the people who aren't going to succeed anyways at this point. But you shouldn't. You should. You should get the four zero. You, yeah. you could get. You could get twelve to fourteen points on your third quarter grade. So you could go from a C to an A just by completing and getting a seventy percent on your test. A seventy percent equated to an A. And, and it is much more difficult to learn online and at home. But for you and me, not for them. Uh, no, no, it is. It, 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 it takes is. time. Yeah. It is. Now, they're, they're used to, they are used to taking in information, John, but they're not used to applying it. It's, no. it's a different thing to apply it on tests and stuff. And some of the teachers time the test that they'd never timed before. So oh. you have to get – and everybody, everybody's got open note tests, so they make some of them a little harder just so you can't do real well. Um, so it's a, it's a mix and match. If they have to do it again, I think they would have more of a – they have to be more prepared for it because they just – how could they be prepared for this one? Well, but, I can tell you this. My graduation sucked because it was May 27th, 1990. And they had it on the football field in Mesa, Arizona. It was about 140 degrees, and we were in those awful outfits. So I always tell people, you're not missing anything if they tell you you can't yeah. go to your graduation. Big deal. But now you got Scott and Matt Dillon and former yeah. president. It's all going to be better. Yeah, they're, 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 the, they're getting the best graduations ever. And meanwhile, oh. a skip they've gotten. It's the best ever. And, and everybody is, is, is pandering to them and – uh, celebrating them so much more than the than than high school graduates have ever been celebrated. Yeah. What are they missing? That's what I don't get. Nothing. Here's the only kids. Here's the ones I feel sorry for: kids that were uh, spring sports superstars yeah. at their school. Your senior year of high school is even if you got a college scholarship and you were gonna, you're never gonna be more celebrated than that last couple months. So for those kids, those three at each high school, that's, that's bad for them. My so last, you're yeah. saying that they're going to miss out on tons of uh, senior high ass. Yes. Yeah. yeah for them, killer. they'd worked hard for that. They worked <laughs> hard for that. They earned I will t- The last day of school in my, my senior year, a kid who was a junior went into the French room with a gun 
blew away his ex-girlfriend, then shot himself. And then, of course, we had no party afterwards. But it was 1984. And what's so fascinating about it was that was a story for like a day. A day. (laughs) It was a story for a day. Five more years later, it would have been for three weeks, Nancy Grace would have broken it down. But that just shows how 24-hour news had really not reached the local levels. What it was doing then was doing a lot of national stories, like the national news. Uh, They hadn't really decided that, wow, we can really get ratings off of kids blowing each other away in their (coughs) schools. So, yeah, it... With with that said, here's another great segue. Let's bring in Sean Salehi. <laughs> Congratulations, Sean. Appreciate it. Yeah, you did it. Class you made it. Yeah, I mean, it was. I will say, like, hold it, on. Before it, you go on, before you go on and give your speech, yeah. How did you do it? How did you finish? It's unbelievable. <laughs> that you, you you've been through so much. Happy Memorial Day to you, my friend. How are you, you holding good. together? How are you well, even doing it? Well, I mean, I I will admit. This is one of the worst job markets right now for me to be oh, going no, into. No, no, so that does suck. Um, oh, that's what, you just got to stand but, out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it 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 wasn't. I mean, I understand like why people are kind of like trying to make everybody, all the graduates, feel better at the high school level. Although I feel like again, my high school graduation was whatever. I think we had an astronaut speak, which was kind of cool. Who like, went to the yeah, but like, speak. I don't know, I don't remember his name. But it's not Matt Dillon or Lewis that's Black. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's not. Did Matt you say Dillon. someone was there as an astronaut or doing astronaut speak? Because uh, I need to know. No, like he was, <laughs> they just had Tang. That's all. Yeah. They just drank Moon, Tang. Stars. Was it Neil no. deGrasse Tyson or just? It was a, not. Who, no, well, I, he has not been to space, but um, I'm, that you yeah, know. No, yeah, right. Isn't the future governor of Arizona? Isn't that the astronaut? Oh, Mark Kelly, senator, senator. Yeah, yeah. Mark Kelly. Uh, no, yeah. but but it does. Um, I will admit. I mean, it it sucked because I was really looking forward to walking in front of my parents and everything like that uh, to get my. I didn't. Well, you can I did not go to my graduation. Your college graduation? college graduation. I didn't show up. Wow. wow. No, I didn't care. For college or for high school? For high school, I think I, I pretty much had to. I didn't care about yeah. it. I, I care was about expect- nothing. I, I, How I, about I, now, though, when everybody's got this, like, eighth and ninth grade educations and all this weird strangeness that keeps going with, you know, kindergarten, first grade, everything's a graduation. That's You're an efficient people. system you got yeah, over well, there. Not only that, not only that, <laughs> that was a no-look catch. That oh my gosh! No look pass. Looking, I was looking at the screen. Oh. You looked like the Jamaican uh, four by one hundreds. I mean, like Usain Bolt taking we went over it. the shoulder. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was, that was right. seamless. Well, Salehi, since you're taking so much time to try and get into the story, yeah. tell us about uh, your trip across the country. Yeah, so I want, that's what I want to hear. Okay, so as we, condensed as possible. <laughs> what we we had to move all of my stuff from Virginia to Arizona. So we drove out initially three years ago after uh, my one year community college. So we had to move it all back when I came back. So we packed up a minivan, uh, rented it uh, just one way from- Did you spray it down? Uh, we did. We wiped it down. Okay. But we, uh, and then uh, we hit the road and we took the 
least direct route of all time uh, because my mom really wanted to see uh, Mount Rushmore. And our initial first stop was going to be in Page, Arizona, but on, the Navajo. First, so you, hold on, your mom flew out? She did. Yeah, she flew mother, out, so you put her in peril to bring yeah. you back. Okay. Well, she, she wished to, uh, to come <laughs> yeah. out. Well, you know, that's when you t- say, Ma, no, yeah. I got But this. keep in mind, Frank, his mother's probably younger than you. Yeah. <laughs> How old is your mom? Uh, 55. Oh, never mind. Just a couple years younger than Scott. She's, <laughs> she's older than me. <laughs> wow. She is old. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for her to hear this. Um, but <laughs> how do, how does she look? Just John, tell her it's the Bill Walton episode. It's the does Bill Walton. Does she look fifty? She was. No, I think she looks great for her age, and I'm. Yeah, yeah like she not That's not how you say it. That's not how you say it. I think she looks great. I know she I looks do. great. Don't she qualify does. it. You okay. say you guys would nail her. <laughs> he gave that's, not it. Teeth. that's not it teeth you that's not it. it you just you just caliendoed him you did yeah, what you do to me that's Holy not cow. it that was fun that, that was, was fun. jackass right there <laughs> chris but, farley coming out of your dog's eyes is just really <laughs> poke him, pokey 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 our our first stop is supposed to be in page arizona but it's over by it, it's in the middle of the Navajo reservation, and they've Do been. Do this with your play-by-play voice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, Guys, it's, traveling down on our way to the Navajo Nation. And it was. <laughs> Do it, it Sean. Was, You're looking live at Lake Powell in Page, Arizona. I we try tra- not to. I really try not to change my voice for my uh, broadcast. You should. They tell you not. Really love this, really, I really love this desolate area. But they, uh, I hope some cop from Smokey and the Bandit pulls me over, man. <laughs> they ended up closing the hotel, so we actually redirected uh, to go to Vegas, just stayed there. Weirdest town I've ever seen in terms of just how dead it was compared to how it usually is. Only stayed also, the night. You're going to Washington, D.C.? Oh, yeah. No, I told you. We took the worst. We took that's the least direct route right of the time. Bat. The, yeah. That's seven Long hours away. before huh? west. You're so, 13 hours behind schedule the first well, he, day. He's going to go to South Dakota. Yeah. So right. we so, went. So, so, tell me about, tell him about when you get to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, no. We did not make it that far. <laughs> 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 did not make it that far. Look at John. John didn't expect me to go there. I think I actually zagged when he was looking for a <laughs> So we went from Vegas to Moab. Utah, which is the only place we were able to actually sit down and eat, uh, was in Moab, Utah at a restaurant. And then, but they gave us the little, uh, like you, John was talking about, the little disposable menus. They did not have any normal menus uh, or reusable, whatever you want to call it. Moab, Utah to Colorado Springs, where I was forced to stop to talk to Bill Walton um, in a parking lot of a of the Grand Junction Rockies single A affiliate of the Rockies team. That was hilarious. You then will never the- forget that. Never. No. Never. Never. I will remember that parking lot for the rest of my life. I mean, with this being your final episode. Ah. Yeah. Matt, yeah. So, Sean, let me get this straight. Page, Vegas. So, Page didn't work out. So, we went straight from Phoenix to Vegas. You never actually made it. Oh, okay. I see. So, then you went right over through Utah. Yeah. Into- to Utah. Then from Utah to Denver, so across Colorado. I should have, hold on. I should have gone Tacoma 
from Phoenix, Arizona, all the way. I should have <laughs> gone there. I, I missed yeah. it. If I one city over, oh. and I, I would have Frank's joke, comedy, music references come from Steve Miller Band. You have yeah, to know. Well, you that. know what? That's the one. It's George Cantor, man. It's the Cantor. <laughs> the Cantor <It's> man can. <laughs> Frank's GPA. Sammy Davis Jr., a personal friend of mine. Who can make a reference <laughs> from 1978? <laughs> so we went from Denver to then South Dakota, a little town called Keystone right next to Mount Rushmore. Uh, Keystone to Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls to Kansas City, and then it was a direct line east. Kansas City through St. Louis to Louisville, Louisville to Washington, D.C. So. Miserable. How many days? So we ended up doing it in seven days. Uh, and it's just but, you and your smoking hot mom the whole time? Yep, with a band full of crap in the back. So 16, 16 states, 3,600 miles. How many hotels did you stay in? Uh, what? That would be Vegas, Moab, uh, Denver, Keystone, Sioux Falls, Kansas City, Louisville. Yeah, so seven. I, I don't know if I could travel that far with my mom and that much small talk. No, no. I, I mean, it, it would be about everybody who's died recently, uh, yeah. people who she's seen at Euros West, uh, yeah. you know, the, the Greek restaurant, the, all the stuff. I mean, I, I'd be like, Mom, put your headphones in. Listen to a book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Did you pick was. up Moonlight Graham along the way by chance? Archibald <laughs> Moonlight Graham, man. Right Listen through Iowa. Look. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Hey, <laughs> this kid can't breathe. Knock the hot dog out of her. Yeah, that reference went right over my head. I'm gonna oh, be completely you don't know Field of Dreams? I actually, that's that's like the one baseball movie I have not seen is Field of Dreams. And what's funny is I actually thought about uh, visiting the spot in Field of Dreams, but they're creating a stadium that they're supposed to play a White Sox and Yankees game this that's year. That's where I'm supposed to perform in August. So yeah, yeah, that was it's there. Place in August. Game there. Oh my gosh, that's oh. going to be so cool too. That's not going to happen. If it happens, I mean, I mean, if you problem. build it, so it will come. So you have no job right now. You're back. You're back. You're at your parents' house. Uh, correct. And you're you're just going to be looking for a job in a terrible job market. Yeah. So no, right now, a, a, no. Yeah. So yeah. Doing. So right now, I have an internship with the summer baseball team. So. College players usually during the summer will go and play uh, in different leagues around the country, and there's one here in D.C. Obviously, there's not going to be any games. They ended up canceling the season, but they're going to be doing kind of like a series of different shows, like podcast-type shows or TV-type shows through Zoom and um, interviewing former players who have gone on to the MLB. So it'll kind of be like this um, just throughout the summer, getting more experience, just stuff to add to the resume. Because I did – broadcast and call games for them last summer but i'm not able to do that uh this upcoming summer and then hopefully i mean the the goal is to get is to land at some uh college some whether it be small college or hopefully maybe even a larger university and call games for their athletics program once things start opening back up well i got good news for you because i'm thinking about starting up a team of old guys all right we need a play-by-play guy there you go all right i'm in all right I am in. Well, I wanted. I was going to originally try and get into some. We can get into this next time, but uh, I'll just look at the time. We we got to get rolling here. The um, next time I want to talk about some of these sports coming back, and uh, yeah. well, let's do one. There's one topic I want to talk about before we go because it's. I keep hearing all these leagues, and people are. Uh, there are two positions 
All right. Um, it seems like we either play or we don't play. Everybody plays yeah. or everybody doesn't play. And I guess it's because of the unions. But to me, everything is going to get thrown out the window, collective bargaining agreements and all that stuff. Anyways, if somebody doesn't want to play, I totally respect that person who doesn't want to play. You don't have to play. Don't play. But don't make everybody else not play who wants to play and might need to play to make that check and wants to. And we'll watch anything right now. People are watching Korean baseball, Norwegian death diving. People are watching. (laughs) That's a real thing. I know. (laughs) <laughs> people are watching this stuff because there's nothing people are watching. Oh, if I told you how many times a week I get uh, watching Madden and Summerall on the NFL network right now or on FS1 or whatever they're on the replays of old Super Bowls, I go, people will just watch anything, even though they know the outcome. So if somebody wants to play, why not let them play? If they, if they don't want to, they shouldn't have to. And they just have to – everybody else has to be malleable in their world. Everybody else has to acquiesce to the situation. And, and as you were talking about before, evolve, uh, John and Scott. We have to go somewhere with this. Baseball is – you know, some baseball – whoever was sitting didn't want to play. You know, I'm not going to play. You, don't, you shouldn't have to. If you don't yeah. want to, don't. But there are plenty no. of people – and baseball, yeah. I think, is the safest game maybe. Yeah, but I talked to a guy who uh, does broadcast work for the Diamondbacks, <clears throat> not the broadcaster, but he's in the booth, and he said, uh, the "What does the is- broadcaster actually sound like, though, for the Diamondbacks?" On the radio, or in the uh, on the radio, it's Greg Shelty, and Greg Shelty loves when the Diamondbacks are terrible because <laughs> Greg can kind of start talking about his own life, you know, doing one count right there. And- I tell you what, my wife and I did a little something last night called the strawberry shortcake. Anybody familiar with that? You might want to look it up <laughs> on Urban Dictionary. That one's down on the dirt. No good. Uh, yeah, Schulte just loses his mind every once. When the Diamondbacks are terrible, he's still got the. He calls himself the governor, and you know when the governor talks, people listen. What? Well, now wait a minute. What is that about? He's the governor. It actually is a Tom Brenneman nickname, I think. Okay. Where they just said he's in charge of everything down here. He's the governor of the whole operation. But yeah, but uh, he was telling me, uh, not Shelter, but the, the guy in the booth said, the, the beef's going to be the PR that uh, baseball will receive. A, they're going to have guys complaining. B, it's going to be a paperwork logistic nightmare. And C, in order to make this thing happen, everybody gets tested before every game. And we're talking at the end of an 82-game season around 300-some thousand tests, which will make them look horrible if we have another rise up and tests become a thing again, and you're not real sure who can get what. Tests seem to be much more uh, available at this point though. Right. But just just thinking that they're available now because we've got a system for it. But if you're just designating, like, you know, when, when the, when Rudy Goddard for the jazz got sick and everybody's like, there are no tests, there are no tests, there are no tests. And then all of a sudden everyone in that arena that had something to do with the jazz or thunder plus the refs and the NBA, everyone got one within 24 hours. It's just the, it's the look of it that's worse. If there's 300,000 tests so we can watch, you know, the Pirates play the Marlins, uh, I think people are kind of – I think there's a 50-50 split. Yeah, we'll watch anything, but we don't want it rubbed in our face that they're kind of dodging the obvious You thing. just got to take blowback. I think baseball back on it. Yeah. has to do it because this is a chance for baseball to get people to watch a- – with fresh eyes because a lot of people have tuned out. Now they have to be concerned. Is the NBA going to go on at the same time, which they haven't competed with and the NBA playoffs right out of the 
the shoot, and then when will the NFL come back? Because if baseball's competing with the NBA and the NFL, then that does make me wonder, is it worth baseball even trying this year? But I'll tell you this, the NFL needs baseball to do something soon. So there's a protocol. They don't want to be the ones testing crowds. They don't want to be the ones testing how to do this. They want to see how the template starts with Major League Baseball and get a well, few out of the way. But the NBA is going to do it. They're, sure. they're going to do it. The, the NBA is going to play isolated time. in Disney World. Right. They're, they're, they're going to be almost quarantined. Baseball is right. an essential happening for the NFL to have some sort of game plan because they're actually going to travel. The NBA is going to do it down in Orlando. Okay. So, I mean, okay. there's, there's, some, there's some logistical goofs there that could be a mess, but you know what? They'll figure it out. And, again, yeah. like, I keep going back to the thing. It's like, quit trying to make last year happen. Uh, test some things out. Well, you know, put your toes in the water. It's colder than it used to be. Let's figure it out after we, after we make some change spaces. The but, again, just put an asterisk by it and change the season. Don't try and right. do a full season. Make it or a more interesting season. Goofing. This is the chance that everybody has. To make, the NBA is going to do it, right? The NBA is going to go straight right. to playoffs. Smartest yeah. idea other than maybe doing a full tournament with everybody playing or a play-in so you can yeah. get to see Zion or something one last time. But don't yeah, play the rest of the season. Don't play yeah. it. There's no reason to play it. it no. it's, it's unnecessary because the ratings aren't going to be in that. The ratings are going to be in full series. Get them right. time to get back into shape to play. Let it happen, and then go for it with games that mean something. This is the chance for baseball to scrap 160. It's 162, right? Um, yeah. Right. To, yep. to go and play half that just this just this year, and say everything goes back a year on contracts and everything. This is a separate year that doesn't count. If you want to sit out, you sit out. It's like they're saying that's going to happen in the public schools, that if you don't feel comfortable going back to school, they're not going to make you come back to school. They're going to have a system set up for you. Well, that's fine too. These are professional athletes and there's some people that want to play. There's some people that are at way less risks. Some people that are at more. If I'm a multi, multi, you know, big time superstar, I either decide to play or I don't based on, how comfortable I am. And I, you know, you'll take blowback, but you have to be willing. That's what you got well, to tell me the whole time. Be willing to take the blowback. True. And here's the thing about the blowback. We as a society have to be more forgiving to yeah. the guys who just aren't comfortable with it. We're, we're, we have to make like when baseball makes their mistakes and they will, we can't have Yahoo news and CNN and Fox jump all over them for trying for our sake. We're the ones bitching that we don't have any sports. And when they go out and give it a try, I think the last, the reason it's such a logistical nightmare is because they're worried about the public relations. They're not as worried about the disease or anything like that. They're oh, worried right. about how we look, how do we look, what can we do to make it so they don't hate us? And Blake Snell didn't help his cause with his mouth, but he had great points where he's basically like, nobody has a plan here. I'm young. If I blow my arm out in this half asterisk season, you know, and he's like, and they're, they're telling us we have to come back or it counts against our contract or if it's not, you're right. Just, just make it a wash. Everybody gets the, the, the split whatever they want to do with the money. And that's where you're going to lose half those guys. Cause and, I don't and, think it's more risk. power to them, right? Let them yeah. do it. And they shouldn't have the blowback for, because none of us would, you no. got to put yourself in that position. I was there. If I'm there and I'm a superstar, I don't want to blow out my arm. I don't want to blow out a knee, take it a chance, but you know what? Somebody else is going to get a chance <clears> to do something that might not have. You're going to find some people. Some people are going to rise up. <laughs> I would just hate to see like AD or, Kyrie or somebody, you know, somebody who's, who's established 
lose their entire career over this hurry back to madness. Yeah, Isaiah, would, Thomas, would, the, the Isaiah Thomas thing where he kept trying to play and shouldn't yeah. have played. Anybody who ever complains about an athlete and saying, you got to suck it up and play, Isaiah Thomas would have had a, a, a huge contract yeah. if he would have sat out. He's damaged goods and never will make the money that he should have had he sat that out. That would have been such a great conversation to have with Bill Walton. <laughs> a basketball brain. That's what we <laughs> needed in this. I know, the guy that – as I represent the Lollipop Guild, understanding <laughs> what has happened here, and they clicked my heels together three times, and I told them, there's no place like Rome. <laughs> there's no place like Rome. Going back to the Mork and Mindy episode, as he guided his way out away from the evil Orkin uh, villain that came after him. <laughs> He was hanging out with Robin Williams. And we never got, like, we never knew what really happened there. Oh, no, no, no. Never Somebody translated it for me. What would you like to do? Oh, that's right. And, I, and that's how I pronounce it, translated. Translated it for me. They actually went to Orc. Okay. Mork yeah. calling Orson. Come in, Orson. Orson, today I learned a wonderful lesson. <laughs> All right. So any more thoughts on that? Because I, I uh, to me... I, I, it's the, it's the business of it. The owners won't open up their books in baseball. And if yeah. I were an owner, I probably wouldn't either. I get that. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying, but if I would never player, open up my books. Never. <laughs> not going to open up I, do, my books. I do have to say this about watching anything. I watched the 1977 world series game uh, that the Dodgers and Yankees played. And that was the first year that a team had taken full advantage of free agency. It was Reggie's first year in, in uh, Yankees uh, uniform. And then Thurman Munson and Yankee and Howard Cosell was on the call, and I hadn't heard him in years, and it was great to hear. But he said, uh, you know, the best team money can buy, and they showed what these guys were making. And Thurman Munson and Reggie were the highest-paid players in baseball at $330,000 a year. Um, and it was insanity. But the, my favorite part of watching old baseball is, you know, obviously hindsight being what it is. Uh, up walks Thurman Munson. And if people don't know his story, this won't make sense. Sean, you may not know this one. But uh, he starts to walk up, and Howard Cosell goes, here is a man who is indefiably indestructible, a piece of scrap iron. Nothing will take him down. And I'm like, oh, God, make this stop. Please make this stop. <laughs> All he talked about was how he will never die. He is, he scrap is, uh, iron. He, he's scrap iron. You can throw things at him, just bounces off. Nothing will kill Thurman Munson. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the worst moment in this game. I couldn't stop laughing. And, uh, yeah, and then they talked about the invention of the high five, which was even better because of Wait, the oh, invention wow. of the high five? The invention of the high five is credited to a man named uh, Glenn Burke of the Dodgers with Dusty Baker. And a lot of people don't know this, but uh, the high five, uh, Glenn Burke was uh, a homosexual player in yeah. baseball. And uh, he, he, Dusty Baker hit his 30th home run, came trotting around third. Glenn B Burke just shot his arm in the air, and Dusty Baker smacked it his hand. Like, I don't know why I did it. I don't know why his arm was up there in the first place. And then Glenn Burke hit his first home run of his career, came around, and when Dusty was in the locker room, they did it again. So, you know, it was either, uh, you know, get, get, get that arm out of my way because he was a homophobic and Dusty Baker was trying to hit him, and just he blocked it and it, came, it became a thing. Or they invented the high five. So that whole series was based on that. There's a lot of weird stuff in that 77 year. But th if you look at it, the reason I was telling this, 330000 for Reggie and Thurman is the highest paid players in baseball. Uh, is 
I think the average salary in 1977, I looked this up for the average Joe was $13,500 a year. If you jump baseball to today from that number and put it with us, the average person would be making $13.5 million a year. Really? If base, if base, baseball's grown uh, like a thousand times, or I think it was like almost 10,000 times because it's hundreds of thousands versus $330 million or $33 million a year. And uh, if you if you put that in regular society, the average person would make 1.3 to 13.5 a year, wow. and it's insane how how baseball's grown. It's insane how the owners don't open their books and the players are like, we're not getting our fair shake. But man, if you jump it off of the way every other job's grown, it's not even close. Did did either of you guys have any thoughts on uh, you know ways to solve? playing the games and then we'll bring Salehi in one last time for his well my, my kids their soccer practices start next week oh wow so what's going to happen is the coaches will wear a mask but soccer's kind of blessed because you're using your feet and mm-hmm. no one's allowed to touch the ball except the goalie who's wearing gloves so in a way, soccer, you know, and then at practice, you use your own ball. So it's, you know, that's why Germany, the soccer, their league has already played two weeks now because soccer is really the easiest game. The field is enormous. Now they have nobody in the stands. And if you haven't seen that, that's pretty bizarre. And I guess some of the teams were pumping in sound and like cheering when, um, somebody scores, kind of like Frank's Comedy Central special where they pumped in cheering. Uh, they did not do that in my dry bar special. So there are <laughs> moments where I really wished they would have because I'm like, that doesn't sound like it's supposed to. Okay, so those so sports are coming back for kids. Maybe not the time for adults to do it because well, adults will suit. I actually meant more of the sports, like with professional sports, with where we were going with that, with the, do you think, uh, does everybody think everything's going to play? I think it's all going to play. I think everything's going to I play. think they're all going to try. I, I think they're, they're hastily throwing things together. And again, I think uh, a, a air of caution and some patience would be better off than running it out there. I think NBA probably has, the best plan. But I mean, the scary part is if one guy gets it, th- I mean, just the whole foundation falls out from under itself and, and it, it really will be bad. I think they'll bury it. If somebody gets the COVID, they'll just oh, say, yeah. I think that's, totally... or something. I don't think they're going to say, yeah, I think college is the one college sports are going to have the hardest time because they don't get paid. And on top of it, you've got the most liberal faculty who is, you know, duck and covering right now, and they're gonna they're gonna be out there probably on social media protesting that a school would force athletes or allow their athletes to go out there to slaughter. But then the South, it, where college football is king, is gonna want to freaking play. And but I don't see Stanford and California Berkeley wanting to play. Right, so, so it's gonna be this all, weird thing. That's all. It's college football, so regional, anyways. The South yeah. will play the South. The right. West Coast probably won't play. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. That's it, it's all going to be sectional. It's going to be almost baseball like, where it's regional. Um, I think that's what's going to happen there. It's going to be an asterisk, asterisk year. Um, 
you think, though, is it something – I mean, I'm a huge sports fan. Is it something you just can't live without till we figure this out? I'd rather everything come back and be, you know, assembled – rather than just say, let's scramble and see if Auburn can play Alabama six times. I think year. it's economic. I think there's more – Oh, it's huge economic. It's but. The people are just trying to get – especially the media is going to cave because they need the advertising. Yeah. But no one's thinking of the, the ramifications of how bad it gets if something goes wrong. The economics of it shut down 100% no chance rather than to just bleed it out and say, we have a plan, which I don't, that's my problem is they don't have a plan. They have a, a hope and just jam them all in there and hope. And they're like, well, what do you do if one guy gets it? What do you do? And they don't, they're like, well, we'll test like crazy. I'm like, I know. You know what? Not- like you said, they bury the story. They will. And, and it's food poisoning from a pizza delivered at It <laughs> <laughs> made no sense at all. He got drunk. We all know Michael got plastered and it sat. Well, I've heard stories that we'll get into that next time because we, oh. got, we Yeah, but uh, the things I've heard, he, he, was, he only had three hours of sleep a night normally and drank and smoked Cuban cigars like crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a crazy. Salehi, we're going to see some references here from you. You, you took some notes. Uh, Toledo didn't have a the ability to get in here today. So what, uh, what did you not understand from these brilliant minds that were talking at you today? Tommy Bartlett's robot world. <laughs> now, now, you didn't know that one, right, Holmberg? I know I, that one. I've heard it, and I think I've heard it from Frank. I don't know that I know So there was uh, – Bumper there, stickers, people would have it on the back of their cars, like it was uh, – what, what's that? There was like Disney the Flintstones or whatever. There oh, were a few of those. Stuff. So right. in, in the Wisconsin Dells, do you know what the Wisconsin Dells are? My parents, yeah. honey. It, it, was oh. it really? Yeah. <laughs> so the Wisconsin Dells is like a, it's, it's own, it's actually a city called Wisconsin Dells and it's a beautiful city. Um, and it's a resort town with any, without any upper level resort amenities. So it's all <laughs> like the Leilani hotel. Uh, like there are still, hotels that have signs that say color TV here, that type of stuff. Um, it's awesome. There are multiple water parks. It's Wisconsin. It's only open, uh, you know, really in the winter. But they have this, this Tommy Bartlett guy, and I don't even have the full story on him. Maybe that's something I, we could research. Um, but he's, he, put, he put all these shows together. One's the Ski, Sky, and Stage Show, which would have like a, a skiing, water skiing squirrel type of deal. Uh, people do jetpacks flying in the water now. But the other thing was Robot World. And when you go to Robot World, it was like, we are here in the future. And you're watching it and you're going, this is what it's really going to be like. It's, it, so um, Tommy Bartlett must have been this entrepreneur who started in the Dells and created all these different things. So that's, that's the Tommy Bartlett. Well, I'll research more specifically who he is. But they're the ones who did water ski pyramids right exactly yeah. that the show at the dells that was tommy bartlett's thing right yeah he, right. He, but he had multiple i didn't know that he had different shows he had different there was a when i was a kid one of the best guys was a guy who'd spin plates and he'd break a plate he'd, be, he'd go you like it i do it again and he would <laughs> he'd put the plate on he spin i spin in a plate huh? i spin in a plate now eh? and it fall off hey I like you. you like it i do it again he would go you say it was uh it was claymation too 
Cla- it, it, it seemed like claymation because it was okay. animatronics. It was like Chuck E. Cheese. It was uh, <laughs> Showbiz Pizza Place level of. Uh, do you want, you want oh, that reference, yeah. Showbiz? I think they were. I got that one. Yeah, yeah. that was the. And Sean, Sean Salehi's probably not familiar with the way Chuck E. Cheese used to be compared to now. It's all video screens. When you were a kid, you didn't have the actual band of. Oh yeah, we did. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, like the terribly creepy little animatronic band of yeah, Pasquale. Pasquale. I was there once in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where the whole band broke. <laughs> oh. And my birthday is like, hey, what's your name? And then they're like, it's time for the movie. <laughs> and I'm standing like a foot and a half away from the mouse and the other thing, and they're all just kind of going tick, 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 tick. And they're trying to jump back, but they were uncharged messes. And then just take me I got to do one more tangent. My dad used to, we would go to Chuck E. Cheese and my dad could do Donald Duck voice. And he would try, he would talk to the, to Chuck E. Cheese, the guy in the Chuck E. Cheese suit as though he were Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Dad, dad, stop it. Wrong rodent. Wrong rodent, dad, stop it. Also, Pasquale's is now a higher end pizza delivery chain for a lot of places that don't know they're getting Chuck E. Cheese pizza. That's a I true also story. saw that. I oh, also saw that, saw yeah, that yeah, story. Yeah. yeah, that's real. Yeah. Right. What else, Sean? Flamingo Kid. Never seen that. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's not bad, actually. It's pretty good. Robert Loja steals the show in that movie. Robert Loja. Is it him or is it Richard Brenner? Oh, you're right. It is. I always get those guys mixed up. Yeah, it it's Richard like Krenna. Stole Robert Loja's thunder there. Yeah, he did. Very, I'm sorry, yeah. bro. Yeah, Richard Krenna. Um, it was a kind of classic 80s kind of coming of age movie. Like there were a lot of them that were sleazy like Porky's. And then this one was a little smarter. You'd hate it, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, it's, probably it's doesn't. Your mom yeah, it's would love it. It's been done 30 times since better. You know Matt Dillon is, Sean? Yeah, wasn't he in Crash? Yeah. Or, yeah. Crash, something, something about, about Mary. Mary. Haven't seen that one. Oh. That, that's the one with, like, Cameron oh. Diaz, though, right? That yes. Means, no, I, guys, haven't stop. Stop. I haven't you seen it. I haven't seen it. He doesn't deserve this. I haven't oh. seen it. It was 99. Oh. That wasn't even that long ago. You act like uh, it was. Oh, good. Yeah, I was, I was one year old. I had, I had never All right, but still, come on. You know come stuff. When okay. happened, they rerun it. I'm not really on shows our channel. Oh, Bryce. What else you what, got? What else? Bring it. Bring That's it. it. That's it. That's it? Yeah. Chris Farley all right. and all them. Yeah, yeah. Are you working on Brewer still? We're trying to get Jim Brewer to come on. Yeah, I can get Brewer. I, I, I haven't talked to him for a couple of years. Any, people say I'm high because of my eyes. I'm not high because of my eyes. I'm high because I smoke pot. <laughs> <laughs> still waiting to hear back from Eisen. I got to talk, talk, talk to Eisen. So. I screwed that up. All right, guys. Daddy loves you. See you.